Well, this is a new year with new possibilities. And I love this time of year because it feels like people are just open to changes that God wants them to make in their life. And it just is an exciting time to be able to do that. And so we're starting a new message series today that I'm just really excited about. And I believe that this concept that we're going to talk about is really going to help us to keep and to to make and to keep our New Year's resolutions as we stay accountable and as we become successful in making the changes that God has called us to do and to be in our lives. We're going to talk really about the power of habits. And I read a book uh, last year. It's by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. And it really had a profound effect on my thinking. And so if you're looking for a book to start out this new year, I highly recommend it, James Clear, Atomic Habits. And I also heard a sermon series by that title, Habits by Craig Gauchel. So I want to give appropriate credit to those authors as we go through some of this content. So let me ask you this morning as we get started. Do you consider yourself to be a disciplined person? Or would you say, yeah, not so much? How you answer that question really doesn't matter because all of us, whether we realize it or not, all of us have habits and certain disciplines that we do in our life. And a lot of those are things that we do that we don't even think about. We get up, we do the same routine, we're thinking about something else, and we go through those uh, particular habits or that routine or that discipline even without thinking about it. Our habits matter. Why? Why do habits matter? And I want us to chew on this important uh, sentence this morning. Habits matter because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people in any area of success, if someone is, let's say they're, they're spiritually thriving and they're close to God, it's probably because they're doing certain disciplines that keep them close to God and keep that spiritual connection strong. If we think about another area, let's say somebody is um, doing well uh, financially and they are living debt-free, it's probably because they're doing certain disciplines that uh, people very occasionally do or some don't do at all, like living by a budget and so forth. If we want to think about it in relational capacities, when people are successful there or successful at health, it's probably because they're doing small things that lead in a certain direction to amount to big things over time. Just like the video that you just saw with all of those small, uh, all of those small dominoes that ultimately lead to big things at the end. Let's take Jesus for an example. Jesus was very highly successful at keeping that connection very strong with his heavenly father. And I can tell you one thing that Jesus probably never ever said, and it was, you know, I'm just really too busy to pray. This discipline of prayer, man, is just weighing me down, and I I just want to pray more, but I just can't find time in my life. Jesus never, ever said that. Instead, what we see successfully in Scripture is that Jesus made the habit over and over again of removing himself from the crowd so that he could keep that connection with his heavenly Father strong. Habits matter. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And all of those little choices that we make today, well, they have consequences for the future. 
And what I want to do this morning is introduce this concept of who do you want to become? And so we're going to look at, the question that we're going to look at is who do you want to become? And then next week we're going to break it down into some small practical steps of how to get there. So this week we're going to talk about the concept of that, who do you want to become? And then next week we're going to talk about some more practical steps of how to get there. So I invite you to pray with me as we get started. Lord Jesus, you are truly the example that we want to model. You are the example that we want to follow. And Lord, I just thank you for what you allowed us to see as you were here on earth. And all of the decisions you made and and how you treated people and, and how you took time to keep that connection with your Heavenly Father strong. Lord, may we learn from that. May that be a model also for us as we make those choices day in and day out and become the people, Lord, that you've called us to be. So Lord, lead us in this time. May we learn from you. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. So this is a good year, a good time of year to talk about habits because this is when we often make New Year's resolutions. Maybe you've made one yourself, you're working on trying to do something new. And that's really good because I think that God is the one who empowers us to change. The bad news though is that statistics are not on our side. It actually says when people do a study, it said that 92% of New Year's resolutions are gone by Valentine's Day. 92%, that is not particularly encouraging. And we end up feeling often like the Apostle Paul did as he wrote from Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, Paul's writing here and he says this. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And then down in verse 18, he says, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And then he connects his failure to his identity in verse 24. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I love that scripture is so honest and Paul is articulating this struggle that is very real for all of us. He says the good, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. And the stuff I don't want to do, that's the stuff that I do. How do we begin to change that? And he, he writes about this and he tries to understand this and he says, you know, really, the change comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the source of the one who can bring change through us. He is the one who can deliver us. He is the one who can set us free. And so many of us, we do have good intentions. We want to lose the weight. We want to pray more. We want to clean up our language. But we aren't always successful in making the changes that we desire. And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at three reasons for that. Three reasons that we're not always successful in doing those good intentions or making those changes or getting to those goals that we set. And I think by beginning to understand these reasons, we can then either, that we can then begin to alter how we think about making changes in our lives. So I want to work through that and I want you to come with me this morning. The first reason sometimes we don't succeed in what we want to do or what God has called us to do is this. 
We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. We focus on the action we want to perform, or we focus on the thing we want to accomplish, but we don't understand how it is that we're going to get there. So think about it with me for a minute. I think we all have similar goals in life, okay? Most all of us, if we were to be asked a question, we'd say that we want to be healthy. That's a goal, that's a good intention that we all want to do. None of us would begin the year and say, you know, my goal this year is to have dangerously low cholesterol, right? Nobody says that, that's not our goal. We all want to do things that are good. Um, When it comes to finances, maybe. I think most people would say, you know, I want to be in control of my money. I don't want there to be stress or worry. I want to be generous with what I do. Nobody starts out the year and says, you know, this year my goal is to double my debt and do that with really high interest rates. Like nobody does that. Nobody says that. We all have good intentions, relationships. We want to have good relationships. Spiritually, we want to be closer to Jesus. We want our life to matter. We want our lives to make a difference. But here's the reality. Our goals, our good intentions, those are not the things that determine success. It is your systems that determine success. James Clear writes in his book, he writes it this way. He says, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So let me explain that for a minute. Goals are the results that we want to achieve. I want to, I want to lose 20 pounds by Easter. Or I want to be more organized. Or I want to finally pay off that one credit card that keeps hanging around. Those are our goals. Our systems are the things that we use to go to those results. What do you want to do to accomplish those results? For example, if we're a coach, maybe your goal is to be able to win a championship. But your system is all the things that you do to get there. How you recruit players, how you work with your assistant coaches, how you determine how those practices run. If you, let's say, you're a musician and your goal is to play a new piece of music, your system is how you practice, how you deal with the difficult measures, how you perhaps receive feedback from your instructor. Achieving a goal is only a momentary change. Imagine your goal is to clean up your messy room. And so you go and you get a burst of energy and you take all of that stuff and you clean it up and your room is nice and neat and clean for a moment. You've reached your goal. But unless you deal with the system of how you get there, unless you change the habit and change how you deal with clutter in that room, pretty soon that room is going to end up again in a mess. And you're going to have to get another burst of energy to clean it. You haven't changed the system or the habit of how you deal with clutter. If you change that habit, you no longer have to continue to clean up the room in that same fashion. Sometimes we don't reach our goals or we feel like the Apostle Paul and changes don't stick because we haven't addressed the system behind whatever it is we're focusing on. We have to focus on the what and we have to understand how to get there. When we begin to change the habits in our lives, then the outcomes 
will fix themselves. So that's one of the reasons why sometimes we're not successful, because we focus so much on the what, but we don't put enough emphasis on how to get there. A second reason we sometimes don't succeed and we give up quickly on the changes we want to make is because we don't see progress fast enough. We don't see progress fast enough. So many of you have tried this. I do too. You start out on a new exercise program and it's the first weekend of January and you get so excited. You've done three times on the treadmill this week and you get onto that scale and what happens? You've gained two pounds. Like seriously, that's not supposed to happen. And so we give up. We say that it isn't working. Or you start reading the Bible and you get really excited about it and you get a chance to do it for two and a half weeks and then you get to the part in Exodus that talks all about the tabernacle furnishings and it just seems really boring and you lose interest because we haven't set a goal, we haven't developed a habit of reading it every day. Or you stop drinking coffee for a whole month and you save $100 and you put it on your student debt And instead of owing 50,000, you now owe 49,900. And we don't see enough progress fast enough. And so we begin to tell ourselves, we wrongly conclude that our good decisions don't matter that much. And we begin to think that this small God-honoring habit or this small faithful decision or this small good positive action won't make that much of a difference. On the other hand... We can also wrongly conclude that our bad decisions don't matter that much either. We might skip church on a weekend and nothing particularly terrible happens to us. We aren't going to drift off spiritually in one weekend. You eat a whole box of chocolates, nothing happens to you immediately. So we don't think that that small bad decision matters that much. But we miss this fundamental truth Who you are today is a result of every single small decision you've made along the way. Who you and I are today is a result of every single decision we've made along the way. They all matter and they all add up over time. People rarely ruin their lives or get to a really bad place overnight. What really happens? You make one small decision here. And you cut the corner here, and you fudge a little bit here, and you bend the rules a little bit here, and you step over the line there. And pretty soon you're way over here, and you wake up one day and you say, How did I get here? It's because of all the small decisions made along the way. And on the other hand, all of the good stuff, you see somebody who's being really successful in their business or really successful in succeeding in whatever area, and you think it just happened overnight. And it probably didn't. It was all of those small decisions along the way. It was the, the, the staying up late at night. It was the getting up early to read your Bible. It was the, the, the prayer every day that was consistent. It was the early mornings and the late nights and the faithfulness and the perseverance that gets you to that point. It's that one small faithful decision over another over a period of years that makes a difference. And I love how Paul writes about this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He said, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
It's all of those decisions made every day over time that add up to a lot. So why do those New Year's resolutions evaporate so fast? Sometimes we focus more on the what and we don't understand the how. We focus on the goal, but we neglect to address the system. Or we don't see progress fast enough. Or lastly, we don't realize that true behavior change is identity change. True behavior change is a change in our identity. It's a change in how we see ourselves because our identity shapes our actions. You might start something because you're really motivated to do it, but you're only gonna keep doing it and stick with it if it becomes a part of your identity. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader where you will continue to read books. The goal is not just to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner who runs race after race. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. Our behavior is a reflection of our identity. And sometimes we put that identity toward our bad habits and we use it as an excuse or makes it difficult to change. You say, you know what? I'm not good with directions. You know what? I'm not a morning person. I'm really terrible at remembering people's names. I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I'm horrible at math. We can put anything in there we want to. And we've wrongly connected our identity with something that we do. We can change all that. You simply have to decide on the person that you want to be. And then you have to prove it to yourself with small wins. Maybe you say, I want to be a healthy eater. Then you need to think about what would a healthy eater do in this situation? And instead of going on an extreme diet and failing after a bit of time, start small. Well, A healthy eater might say, I'm going to eliminate pop from my diet, and I'm not going to have anything after 8 p.m. And so that's a manageable thing, and you begin to do it, and it seems reasonable, and you begin to feel successful. And then you add a second thing onto that, and you say, you know what? I'm also not going to have snacks from 4 to 6 p.m. right before dinner. I've been successful with this other little thing, and now I'm going to put this other part on it, And you begin to change your habits because you see your identity as a healthy eater. It's not so much what you're trying to accomplish. It's beginning to put a system in in place that gets you there. Your resolution isn't just about doing something. It first starts with an identity. Who? Who do you want to become? How do you want people to describe you? Maybe you say, you know, I, I just, I, I want to be a, a man of God, or I want to be organized, or I want to be financially free, or I want to be more positive and less critical, or I want to be a godly mom, whatever it is, who do you want to become? Who is God calling you to be? And then we begin to, you have to decide that first, and then begin to put the habits in place to be successful. How you see yourself will shape what you do. And the Apostle Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. He says, we know that our old selves, they were crucified with Christ 
so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And we begin to see ourselves as a child of God, as a new creation of him. And we begin to tackle these things in our life one by one. A healthy identity creates positive habits. So who do you want to become in 2021? Who do you want to become? That's where we have to start. That's what we have to do first. And then next week, we'll begin to talk about small habits, building them, stacking them together to be able to make that change of who you want to become and to make that last. There's no single action that will change your identity, but consistent actions over time start to change how you feel about yourself. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So who do you want to be? I want you to think about that this week. And maybe you've set a New Year's resolution and you're working on it. Step back for a minute. Who will it help you to become? Don't just set your goal. Know who God has called you to be. And here's your homework. Homework for the day is be good for all of us. What is one word, one word that describes who you want to be this year? One word that describes who you want to be. So delightful was my word for last year. Delightful, Debbie, how's that for 2020? Yeah, I know. And I can guarantee you there were times throughout the year that I wasn't particularly delightful with everything that happened. But because I had set that and because I was working toward that and had put some systems in place to get my thinking around that, when I wasn't acting that way, it became a trigger for me to change. And so we're going to talk about that in two weeks. How do we get those triggers that get us out of those cycles? So I want you to think about that. What is one word that might describe who God's calling you to be this year? And it might be a descriptor word like what I had. It could be, you could do two words. I want to be like a healthy eater or something like that. That's okay. But I want you to focus on the who. Who is God calling you to become? And really reflect on that and think about that this week. And then next week, we'll talk about ways to be able to get there. So would you pray with me as we close this morning? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word and in the scriptures we've looked at today how Paul was just so honest about the struggle that lived inside of him and that lives inside of all of us. And the good that we want to do, we don't always do. And the stuff we don't want to do, we end up doing. And Lord, the struggle is real. And I thank you that we can come and just be honest with you about that. But I also, Lord, live into the other verses that we talked about today and that you have provided the strength and the courage for us to make those changes, small changes, Lord, one simple step at a time, one simple habit at a time. And may we not become weary, Lord, in doing good. And that those simple, small, positive actions, that they work together, Lord, to make us who we are and call us into the people that you want us to become. So Lord, I pray that you would, as we open our hearts, as we pray, as we think about what is that one word or maybe a two-word descriptor 
of who you want us to do and to be in this year. And that you would just put that on our heart, Lord. And may that be a focus and may that help us, Lord, in this year. Lord, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In your name we pray. Amen.